Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Dun dun. And today on Rap in Order, it is me, First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. And we are joined by that of V-Less guy. What up? <laughs> that intense since you know you got that camera. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what up? <laughs> Hi. Um, so, so, yeah, so today we're going to go over Royalty. Royalty is the sixth mixtape um, release from Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino. It was released in 2012. It featured co-producer Ludwig. We was really working with at the time. Um, Boy Wonder is on this thing, but for the for the most part, um, it's produced. <coughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. We almost lost him. Yeah, we almost lost him. This right, fucking lemonade. Hey Beyonce up there? I thought she did she fall. I changed it. No, oh, I, decided, I replaced Ella James with Beyonce. That's why. That's why. Um... <laughs> But no, so this, <laughs> yo, this, Beyonce killing you because you took out her album. Yo, crazy. right? <laughs> <laughs> but that way of killing you for yeah, your lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the most part, this mixtape was produced by Childish Gambino, and um, he had some very interesting features on here. Right, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. You had Schoolboy Q, Abso, Bun B, RZA, Ghostface, Danny Brown, Beck. Chance the Rapper. Um, his brother. His brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephen G. Lover. Stephen mm-hmm. G. Lover. And uh, a very nice and hilarious um, feature from Tina Fey. Uh, but this mixtape, I think when this came out, he was out to prove, like we kind of established before, that like he can kind of hang with the rappers. Like he had yeah. so many rapper rappers on this. And, um, and I think he was out to prove that he could stick with them. And he had that mentality of, you know, just trying to keep up with the best. So he had some of the best on here. Well, how, how do we feel? Hold on, Daniel. So this album was like an in-betweener of mm-hmm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. Because this was after Camp. And when he dropped Camp, he still wasn't being taken seriously because yeah. he was still looked at as a guy that was a writer for 30 Rock and that he was an actor in the community. Mm-hmm. He had the weirdo stand-up come out that was really cool right but like mm-hmm. it was it was kind of looked at like people didn't know that he was from stone mountain atlanta georgia yeah and so what he set out to do with his team his collective of creatives that he that he coined royalty royalty and he uh kind of um he kind of uh took kind of the the same blueprint he said that when he did it he was taking a blueprint of what lebron did with his team and like what Ross was doing with MMG, mm-hmm. like and and Jay Z and Rockefeller, like basically just trying to make a creative team, and that, and it actually worked because they went on to create Atlanta, mm-hmm. you know. Um, before that, they went. What is it? Clapping for the wrong reasons. Um, you remember that that little short? Oh, that short that he had. That yeah. was uh, I wanted. That yeah. was after that was around because the internet. Well, yeah, that's so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like Vita basically, Gera. I'm not Vita Gera, Um 
Bella Bella Anderson. Anderson. It started Bella Anderson. So what I'm saying is is that they went and like they started like a whole product because now like some of his team works with LeBron and they and they're doing a new house party album. Some of his team still works with FX. Like there were a lot of things. So with this project, it's kind of like a timestamp of like in between like like the change. So he went from being an NBC guy mm-hmm. and somebody that wanted to get into hip hop and rap, but nobody was taking him seriously. Yeah, yeah. And then he was able to do this project and get all of these rappers that are like established. And like he said that a big part of him like kind of like switching up like his mind on things that he was doing was talking to Nip, mm-hmm. who we know that was very business forward and very like progressive with his thoughts and getting into tech. And you would never think that these two men would sit down and be able to be like minded. You know, you have a fucking Slauson Crip talking to a college kid, you know, that writes for NBC on 30 Rock. So, like, this project was just, like, his, like, progression. Like, he needed this album to kind of, like, prove himself, to, like, stand out. And, I I mean, this mixtape. And it's funny because it's, like, it's not some of his best rapping by any means. Mm -hmm. But it was just, like, so he can, like, earn that respect so he can get into those rooms. And you can even tell how things changed for him as he was doing interviews. Like, I was looking for 2012 interviews, and a lot of them were for camp. They weren't for the royalty mixtape. Like, he went on Sway's Universe and did it there, right? But then you see the switch of him turning off the happy black kid, happy to be here black kid, Mm -hmm. and then him just being the jaded black kid that kind of, like, saw everything behind closed doors because I think that a lot of white people said things in front of him that they thought he didn't mind because they thought that he was a wigger. Mm-hmm. Well, not a wigger. A wigger is a white person. Thought that he was an Oreo. They thought, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, my bad. So, it's just very... It, like he this. used to embrace that, though. He used to, he used to embrace that. Right. He used, that but I think, I think that was his dark part of humor. Though. I don't think he liked that at all. And I think that's why he got so... Like, his his mentality got like really dark because you remember when he went on that interview run after... Because the internet... Um, and he wore the same clothes for like man long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would wear cardigans with holes in them and stuff. Like yeah, he, like he yeah. just like remember, so remember he was wearing that shirling for like like for weeks, mm-hmm. and like people weren't sure if he was like stuck in character for something, yeah, yeah. or if he was really going through something. And I just really think like his Truman Show, like he 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 finally reached like that wall in the Truman Show and was like over it. I mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I would love to like talk to him about it, but something changed. Yeah. And like he became like like obviously he still had his still sense of humor and everything, but something changed and switched inside of him after this project. So we're not gonna say what it was. I want to just finish my thing and I'm gonna let you talk. Okay, that would be great. Not bad. Yeah. So it's just something that happened, and I'm like, what is it? And you're listening to this project, and you realize that there's a lot of things that like he want wanted and. I know for a fact Stone Mountain has really, really nice parts and Stone Mountain has really, really dark parts. But I've seen his relatives and he's like an anomaly in his family. He does like his his relatives don't look like him. They look like Paperboy in, in the show Atlanta. Right. So I just wanted to say that. But like Danny, since you couldn't wait, let's get to it. Uh, well, just that change in him, I think, was the he kind of like went through this whole period where we just saw him i think that transition we literally saw in front of us when he was hanging out with janae aoku and he was like talking about just like letting go of material uh his idea of material things like he he had uh spoken on that at one point about like his his at the around that time his um his feeling the need for for 
material things and things of that nature had changed and it was due to his, you know, chilling with her, whatever they had going on, mm-hmm. you know, their friendship, whatever. But that was really it. And he ha- he said he had this, like, uh, this just a change of heart of the way he viewed um, things of that nature. And I think it also is probably, you know, like you said, at this time, even going to when he's thinking business-wise, like with Nipsey Hussle and stuff, and we've literally just seen that transition. And made, I think he just found a different part of himself as, you know, you're free to do when you have more money. When you make a yeah, certain yeah. level of money, you know, like, yeah. we see a lot of people who, who tend to make so much and have and be able to just separate themselves from it. And I think really that's uh, that's what it was with him. And um, it kind of was like, uh, this was his... I want to be in that conversation. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the same mentality Tyler just approached. Um, call um, me when you get lost. Call me when you get lost. Of nah, you 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 see you're putting me in this box. All right, cool. And I feel like he tried to do that when he dropped um before this dropped. It was after camp. Uh, Freaks and geeks, and when he did the song with uh, Heems from Das Racist, mm-hmm. um, I, and the uh, fuck your blog song dropped, um. And Eat Your Vegetables was the other song. Uh, they were supposed to be on here, but they weren't. But the way and he had he a had, project called Cul de Sac. Cul de Sac was before camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Cul de Sac is like. Uh, that it comes off. Yeah, it comes off rough. nerdcore mm-hmm. a little bit. I think Freaks and Geeks, unfortunately, came off a little bit like that, but that's also because it's. Uh, post community. Yeah, already that was being the very out. first song I heard from him. Yeah, Freaks and Geeks. That beat. That beat was what really caught mm-hmm. me, and that's the first time I'd ever heard Childish Gambino. Yeah. Was was that beat caught? It was something was playing like, and he just happened to pass by, and then the beat caught me, and then I heard um, because it takes a couple. It sounds like he's taking shots at Drake on there with the. Uh, he took a lot of shots at Drake later down yeah. the line. So like, yeah, after this project, uh, actually there was a show in in Australia where he ch- where he said that like Kendrick Drake and Schoolboy Q are not better rappers than me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll beat them. And then when he went to the Breakfast Club, they asked him about it. And he was like, "Why shouldn't I feel like that? Like, yeah. should, shouldn't everybody feel like yeah, they're yeah. the best?" I and think. Like, and yeah. One, sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say, I think that, um, yeah, I think he was trying to do all the things that he felt a rapper should be doing. So mm-hmm. like, go at the people that's at the top, or at least acknowledge them in some way to kind of stir up mm-hmm. some type of competition, because he was trying to dig himself out of being seen as this NBC kid, mm-hmm. as this kid that that. Um, you know that has this really great job that doesn't really need to rap when um when you look at it all the rappers that we love rapped to get out of something mm-hmm. he was already established trying to rap yeah you know so so i think in order for him to shed how people was looking at him in that way he needed that he needed that type of that type of hunger and that type of attention you know to to um to in order to be taken serious so i think it worked better for him for him to work with all these rappers because it at least gave him another step toward you know that goal mm-hmm. um but it definitely uh one of my f- it's just the only thing that i think kind of still held him back in that sense is that there's too many um lines where it's it's there's comedic and it comes off gimmicky mm-hmm. and i feel like on here um because he's trying to fit in more with the rappers, there's a certain level of um, less. It's less personal, like uh, with um, uh, should have known is kind of like 
the probably the more personal like not jumping ahead but like it's it's a more personal probably his most personal moment on this uh album whereas camp is just like straight up your 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 soul he's bearing his soul at times mm-hmm. on there and his real feelings about a lot of shit and um it goes to what you say he was around white people who felt very comfortable around him and he you know he speaks a bit about it a little yeah like camp. remember not to, not to cut not to cut you off remember the bonfire video yeah. When he was in camp, and basically it was telling the story of a kid that was hung in camp, mm-hmm. and the video is of him being chased around the camp. Like, mm-hmm. and every time somebody tells a story, he has to relive it. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted he wanted the person to be chasing him through the camp to be Madea. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyler Perry's schedule didn't work out that way. <laughs> I did not know that. That would have made that video so much better. Oh my god. But yeah, like so my biggest takeaway from this mixtape is that it made me think about everything that happened like before and after. So I always feel like there's a before royalty and an after royalty mm-hmm. because there was a huge switch in everything about Ch- Ch- Childish Gambino as we know. Mm-hmm. Um so our our boy Matt shout out to Matt is a is a huge is a huge, huge Childish Gambino fan, but he does not like post royalty Childish Gambino. And that's because like Matt is like kind of like geeky himself, mm-hmm. and and he just didn't like that Childish Gambino kind of tried to go more mainstream. He liked that he was kind of like quirky and like off, off culture a little bit with what he rapped about, and that he was like very like honest like about you know his feelings and things like that on his like his fears and stuff like that on his song. But I was just like, I mean, he, you want him to keep making the same? You want him to just make camp over and over again? Like you know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. See, here's the thing, and, and especially because he was taking shots at him, there's already an actor rapping about his feelings who's a, at, doing it at an amazing level that's honestly better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, he couldn't... It's, it's a lane that is, he's going to get compared to. So I understood also why he took shots at Drake constantly because they were get, he was constantly being uh, brought up with like, yeah, but he's no Drake. You know, it's the same concept because... Also, for a little while, when Drake first came out and he was on his backpack, more tip, uh, he kind of had a lot of those cornier lines, too, that we let slide. And um, and I kind of felt like they, at times, overlapped. They're kind of... Childish uh, Gambino is a hardcore rapper away from putting their arm around him and, and him probably being Drake. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's one he's completely one foot in and one foot out right now. I think we, Oh yeah, like now. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm just saying I was just saying hypothetically. I'm not saying now. Oh, okay. I'm saying like oh, I if b- mean, before like, royalty, yeah, if before royalty if someone who what artist what, what like Nipsey. It, 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 had I, Nipsey or or No, 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 not I'm talking about established? Like, an established person. So like I'm saying like if somebody like uh let's say if uh fucking like I know this sounds really funny, but like it, 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 if you said it before Drake got signed, it would sound funny too. But like, let's say somebody like fucking um, Top Dog put his arm around about around Channels Gambino, right? Like yeah, like now when we say it, when you say it, it sounds crazy. But like think about this: like before Drake got on with Wayne and Cash Money, and and Jay Prince put his arm around him, you probably wouldn't have pitched that either. Yeah, but I don't, th- I don't think that sounds crazy at all. I could see him fitting in TDE. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Completely. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, like, we we okay. We're smart. 
Some people aren't. <laughs> so like, I didn't want to say that. So I'm just saying that some people will see that and they'll be like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But like, wh- like at that time, NBC, like on Fre- Freaks and Geeks, the community, mm-hmm. right on 30 Rock, mm-hmm. people might have looked at that weird. But I'm just saying that that's that's the only difference between, between him and Drake. Someone that was certi- that had certified street cred put their arm around Drake yeah. and then Drake was able to grow and like kind of get more established in hip hop because before that joke, I mean joke, he was Drake was kind of like the butt of a joke because he mm-hmm. was little cheer Jimmy. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, okay, I can see that. I see that. Yeah. But to kick the album off itself, you know, he has a lot of quirky features in here. Like he has people in here that's just like, oh, really? Like what? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, it kicks off with Blake Griffin kind of just introing the album and. Um, He's listed as a producer on the album too. Who? Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. Is he? Yeah. On which track? The whole album. He's whole album, he listed yeah. as an executive producer. Oh, executive of the album. producer on the album. Got you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Blake Griffin's an interesting dude, man. He does. And he was on, and he was on top of the world that year, particularly. Yeah, he won a dunk contest, all mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. yeah. When he retires, he's probably going to get a television show. Most definitely. I can see. He's that. hilarious. He's so funny, mm-hmm. bro. He was on Broad City, killing it. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, so that takes us right into We Ain't Them, which is like Danny was saying, I mean, you, you mentioned Shoulda Known, but We Ain't Them is another like deep song um, on this album because mm-hmm. it um, it's produced by Gambino himself, but he also tackles a lot of different things on here as far as, like I get chills every time I hear him talk about on this song where he talks about um, his yeah. parents yeah. and his parents' perspective of his career. Like, his mom is very much like, yo, why are you trying to leave NBC? Like, that's your money. Like, like his dad's it's like, NBC. Go like, yo, go for it. Go crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that part. Yeah. Um, and just and just basically, it kind of encapsulates, like, where he is in his life or where he was in his life, rather, where you can be very comfortable with an established fucking job and just get your money. Or you can take a chance and just do what you want to do and see yeah. what turns out or I what think, comes from it. I think that's what kind of like gave him his confidence mm-hmm. because he already knew like, oh shit, like if this shit don't work out, I can just go back to NBC and work. Yeah. And like yeah. he had, he built those relationships to where like he could probably, he was probably able to be like, if I really need a job, I can call Tina Fey and get a job. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tina Fey was Plus the, did, was, was he a co-creator of um, Community? Community? Yeah. I or just nah, he was he was just a writer on. But at that point, he already had a Netflix special. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of it is at that point already being so established in the industry. Overall. Well, not Netflix. I think Weirdo was no. Comedy Central. Yeah, it was Comedy Central. Yeah. It wasn't Netflix yet. But okay. Netflix went. They yeah. picked it up too. Yeah. yeah. So so it's a, at this point it's it's one of those things where he's so aware probably business wise, and that's also probably why he never got the arm over the shoulder mm-hmm. because he probably never went the oh let's go through a label route. Like he already had the money. I could put yeah. this out. He I was signed the name of, what was the name of the label that he was signed to was a glass note. Yep. So yeah. when he when he was shopping to I say get, glass note was under Geffen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. So when he was shopping to get his record deal, right? He said that everyone was basically like basically rolling off the red carpet for him. Yeah. And a guy from Glassnow was like, Well, is it good? Like, I get it, like you're gonna like put out a project, but like is it good? 
Yeah. And he said that, uh, that like the way that he, the guy was talking to him was like, yo, if it's good, like we'll put it out. Like you're gonna like anybody, somebody's gonna put out a record for you because of your who you are. But like, yeah. is it actually good? Like, mm-hmm. and he said that like he actually fucked with that, and that's why like they had like such a great working relationship, and like mm-hmm. he was able to sign with them. Like he could have just signed with like Universal, Interscope, like whatever. But like the guy that yeah, ran class, I, didn't, class know, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, like it's not like he didn't have a choice. Like he had offers on the table because you got to think about it. Like. He's on a number one hit TV show. Yeah. And he had some kind of sound. He already had mixtapes out and already had like a music. I I figured going to a smaller, lesser known label like that would have afforded him more options on on his points and what he made on the album. That's that's what I would have figured. Nah, when I was doing my research, according to the interview, one of the interviews that he had, it just came down to like him just feeling comfortable where he was at. Like the negotiation and the verbiage, everything was like pretty much everyone was offering him the same deal. Like where, like he got his freedom because it was just like, all right, well, we don't think you're gonna be the next Little Wayne, but you know, we'll let you like just do some things. That's why like he was able to like work with what's his last name, Ludwig what? Ludwig Gorenson. Uh, Gorenson. Ludwig Ludwig Gorenson scores movies. Yeah, yeah. Like like what he does is like in like in insane, and the fact that like Childish Gambino and him are like partners. Like says a lot because like you know like in the, in the music industry and in the film industry like both of them are like hand in hand now. Yeah, and like that's why like his music like sounds so good all the time. It doesn't yeah. sound rough. It doesn't sound like he's in like some like back house studio or some shit mm-hmm. like that ever. Yeah. Um. So one up follows follows up. We ain't them. Uh, features his brother. Mm-hmm. Stephen G. Lover. Stephen G. Lover. And uh, yeah, how we feel. I um I love the bravado. I love his cadence on here. The one up mm-hmm. cause we party till the sun up. Like you, it's you like what we doing. Shut, shut up. up. <laughs> like it's, it's it's it just sounds fun. Yeah. And I love the fact that he put his brother on there. And I love the way his brother's like, all right, it's Glover, but like I love the Stevie G Lover. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like like that's a great use of uh Steve of your G name Lover. still being in there. Steve G Lover. Um, how you feel about one up? I like it. Um, I actually would like to hear his brother uh, make more music. I know that like his brother's a part of his team, mm-hmm. um, and him and his brother like they, like his brother was very instrumental in helping. Well, when they were developing the Deadpool show that never that we never got oh, to see, yeah. his brother was supposed to be really. Um, I think about that, that ever so often because yeah. one day he just randomly put the script up. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Yes, yeah, actually, on Twitter, on Twitter, I think. Yeah, yeah, he had everything, because he had everything ready to go, and pretty much they, they kind of like... Because the movie was coming, right, or something? I'm not sure what it was. I think it was just that what 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 Donald Glover, like, handed in, and mind you, was FX. They were like, yo, nah. Oh, <laughs> like, imagine that, like, FX is like... Yeah, this is dark. <laughs> oh, no. the, the home of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, if I'm not mistaken, he has a deal with FX to make original content. Yeah. So I think that was one of them that was supposed to be coming out. Um, but yeah, One Up is dope. Uh, it takes us into Black Faces, mm. which features Nipsey Hussle. Rest in peace, Nip. Uh, it's produced by Boy Wonder and the Maven Boys. The first time I heard this, I think I just kept repeating "grind so vigorous" like over and over again because I just, for some reason, Nipsey saying that one line sticks out so much to me on this whole song. Um, you know how I feel about Nip, man. Like when I heard this, like it was like 
a match made in heaven. Like I was shot. I was like, Nip fucks with Bino. Like mm-hmm. that's all I kept saying to myself. Like I couldn't believe it. And then it just told me a lot. It told me a lot about both of them. It told me that you know that they both like that they both could fit in any room mm-hmm. and talk to. Like it, it just said that much about both of them. Like and that about them being like minded and being able to record the, the music and like them actually like fuck with each other. Like that year when I was at South by Southwest, like they they're very much like cordial like fuck yeah. with each other people yeah. like i saw it firsthand like them like them niggas was you know what i'm saying like backstage chilling like actually fucking with each other not what i expected and i just thought that was dope and like you know Charles gonna be he's cool with tde too cm with schoolboy q and abso like i was like oh shit like he yeah. really fuck with the gang mm-hmm. like weren't they on tour together at one point i don't remember i think it was them and uh i think it was tde um gambino I want to say Chance and Danny um, Brown. I don't remember. I don't know. That I don't know. I can look it up, though. I'll look that up. But, uh, that's when we had... but yeah, when Nipsey, yeah, Nipsey fucked with, Nipsey fucked with, um, with Childish, man. After Camp came out, he sent out a tweet like, yo, you got it, my nigga. I just grabbed Camp, good shit. And then, like, a year later, they was working together yeah. for this. So yeah, that like, I, cool. that, like, that's fucking dope, man. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, yeah. amazing. But, no, this is a great song. And, um, you know, Nipsey got better as a rapper, but, like, his cadence has always been so sharp. Like, it's it, it was so good, like, what he did on this song. And the production on this is amazing. Boy Wonder has so many different sounds as a producer. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot. What's Real up? quick, so on We Ain't Them, he samples... Um, he samples "I Wonder" by Kanye. The opening, so like basically, like his opening, his opening bar is the same pattern that Kanye used to open on "I Wonder," and a bit of the strings are used from it. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry, I won't. I won't slip up again. I'm ready for the next <laughs> one. <laughs> remember, hey, remember when that was Rob's job? Remember that? Who's Who, that? Who's Rob? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, Black Faces is followed up by Unnecessary, features Schoolboy Q and Abso. Son, I really, I love this song. Mm-hmm. Ab used to go bananas, bro. You what? Ab used to go bananas. Yeah, yeah Abso has a, I, he has the best verse on the album. Yeah, like, oh my God, he blacks on this shit. Yeah. Like, like there, there was times where like, like I really thought Abso was going to be the one out of uh black hippies to like besides Kendrick to really like blow up and at one point sheesh. if I'm not mistaken there were people that was arguing that um that Absol was the better rapper. I still, oh. Yeah people I do, still think that people argued that solely because of his uh battle rap um history, you know, and how much he how much he's respected in battle rap. And so I think that's what gave him that edge. I think and, yeah, but but I think it's also because he would out rap them all on these freestyles and fucking black hippie songs. Yeah, yeah, no. He was solo, eating. Solo was dope, but then he lost a lot of momentum because his first album wasn't very good. Um, his second album was good. The, I like. I think it was these, these days, days. These days yeah. was good. His first album was was. It wasn't what we expected coming off. I of, bought that uh, first album. I was pissed. Off of uh, was it quality control? Not quality control. Um, control therapy mm-hmm. was it? No. Part two. Control nah, theory. That was the mixtape. 
Yeah, but I'm saying that because the mixtape was called led up to the album. No, the mixtape led up to the album, and that mm-hmm. mixtape was is is a classic mixtape in my eyes. Um, control system. Control system. Mm-hmm. Beginning to end is an amazingly put together mixtape, and I fucking love it. I think that that's one of my favorite thing about TDE. Okay, so fire these days was the album that I said wasn't very good. Yes. The second album was uh, Do What Thou Wilt. That was good. Do What Thou Wilt was good. And then he just stopped dropping shit because he found... Um, what's her name? What's her name? Yaris. That's not why he's He's been waiting to drop an album. He's been complaining that he, he's had the album ready for a that's, while now. So. That's my theory. He ain't dropped nothing. Um, But... um. Schoolboy goes off on this. This mm-hmm. uh, this was this this was the song where I was like, because I'd already been listening to game. I'm like, okay, this is where everybody's gonna like. You can't at this point like like by this song on here. I'm like, nah, he is eating on every track so far. So okay. we're five songs in. And I'm like, nah, he definitely proved the point he needed to. And as the album goes on, he just keeps to continues with that, mm-hmm. especially because he starts. He well, he did it on camp, which 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 we love is he flexes his song capabilities besides just rapping, like with heartbeat, um, letter home, like there's all these uh, song songs on mm-hmm. there, and then when he goes from unnecessary into uh, should have known, that transition is beautiful, and we'll head right into that. So should have known is the next song, and it's produced by Gambino himself. Um, yeah. Bino, I'm so for Reno. Yeah. That shit was... It, like, his delivery on this is fire. <laughs> uh, I like this song a lot, and it's a lot, like you said, like, it's one of the songs where he actually talks about something. It's yeah. not just about the raps. Yeah. I th- This was the era where, like, it was the beginning of you can't just rap to rap, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So when he was able to, to, to make that transition with it, this one, because I feel like his, like, it, it's, when you go through things like, even black faces, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that's, I think, the beginning on this album where you see the growth of his pen and fully thinking out versus from a rap angle as opposed to just uh, a song where, you know, he's singing or, or just trying to be melodic. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, so as you go down and then should have known is, is the perfect combination of both for him and like that's for me the sweet spot for Childish Gambino that's the sound I want to hear more mm-hmm. I want to hear you combine both of those things I, I agree I agree um, that'll take us into R.I.P. R.I.P. features Bum B it, is, uh, it samples the Kavinsky song um, yeah Kavinsky yeah um, which was on the Drive soundtrack yeah. which was a really big movie yeah. that year yeah um, There's Kinsky. something about you. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. It was yeah, that, that also has the other song. song. I was hanging around on Sunday morning, at, right? That's that was it. the same movie, Drive. Drive is a movie with uh, what's this guy's name? Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't oh, talk in the entire okay, movie. Yeah, wrong one. No, that's definitely not. That, that was a that was a. It was very uh, the cinematography on it was just amazing. It was a. I don't remember much of the movie. 
Yeah, it was a snooze fest. Yeah, but the soundtrack like, was good though. The way it looked was really cool. It was like a lot of people liked it for that reason. Tumblr fucking loved it. Of course they did. That was a um, Tumblr movie. Yeah, Tumblr loved that movie. But uh, what what Gambino did with this sample was amazing. What mm-hmm. Bum B did on this, the way Bum B opened this shit. Late so, ass nights come from long days. So <laughs> if I if I die young, right? Mm. If you guys cannot get Vin Diesel to narrate my life, I need you guys to get Bun B. Okay. Vin Diesel's first option. Though. Vin Diesel? I'm not having a conversation with Vin Diesel ever. Well, why Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel don't even have a cool voice. What do you mean he don't have a cool voice, my nigga? No. What you, like, yo, this is what I want for my funeral, for my, for me. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> I'm asking you why you want yo, Vin Diesel. What? That he nigga, don't have a cool voice. Yes, he does. You don't got cool nah. nothing. Yes, he does. It's just a. Yo, it's just crazy. Now, if it was what, the Rock, I this is this is this is. This is re- I don't think the Rock has a cool voice. You I, wanna you want a white man to narrate your funeral? Vin Diesel's black. What is he? He not black. He's black Vin in Diesel's Italian. Black? Yes. I, I don't know, but I he's don't not white. Support anything that supports <laughs> Vin Diesel, and I, I, I'm going on record stating that fuck Vin Diesel. No, seriously, he's black and Italian. All right. I thought he was Portuguese. No. He's, I mean, he, he would know. I'm gonna just take his word for I it. I believe him, but. Still fucking diesel. That's crazy. That's crazy. I don't feel that way about that, that diesel. That's crazy that I requested this. Like I'm asking you as my friend, like, hey, make sure this happens. And you're like, yeah, when you die, my nigga, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> I didn't say I'm not doing it. I'm talking. Oh, I said I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking to Vin Diesel. That's I'm just crazy. Asking you, like, I mean, Vin Diesel. That's crazy, bro. Wow. Damn, I can, man. I can see if. So listen. All right, man. Whatever, man. It's it's fine. Anyway, Bun B. Is one of the coolest elder statesmen in hip hop mm-hmm. that like all around, and I think that like if he fucks with you, like it's more it's such a stamp because of how like he's been around for everything and like he's so wise, right? Like, and I think that like you know you never hear about Bumby being like in anything like controversial or or anything bad, right? But with Bun, like he just has like a. a uh, a sense of like calmness about him where like I feel like he can talk to anyone. I feel like he can like talk to like a, per- a a poor person on the street or I think he can talk to like the fucking queen of England and just have a conversation and like he's in his his southern gentleman like like persona like just makes him able to like step into any room and just be able to like just do shit and I just I just really I love Bun B. Like when I, I met him when I met him, I, I didn't hug him, but I wanted to. <laughs> I didn't want to like make shit weird, <laughs> but I wanted to hug that man. And like when I heard like him on this verse, I'm just like, yo, like, like yo, he, it's just, he, he just because he's old, bro. Yeah. Like think about it like this, like that's or, and this is the last thing I said. I'll shut up. I also say this: southern southern rap is really winning because they're OGs. Like nobody's tired of their OGs. Yeah, yeah like we yeah. excited. Yeah, nigga, like if Rock Kim get on the track right now, like people are not gonna want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I love Rock. Well, it's also it's it's because we have that New York mentality of like nobody wants to help each other until more recently. Now the OGs started to look out for the younger artists and reach out to the younger artists. It's not the same. It's not. It's not. But the thing about Bum B two at this time. He was killing his features, but also people like Bum B find ways to stay youthful. I yeah. don't think I don't think Rakim cares to do that. Yeah, well, that and, and the prime example is what I'm going on this year. Uh, the, around this time, he's jumping on. Um, I think ADD Wale attention deficit dropped around this time too, right? 
He jumps on that. He has the... Well, no, no, nigga. Like, attention deficit dropped I'm in the like, 20, 20, 2009, 2010. This is, two, this is 2012. 2012. Yeah, I'm talking about... That, but that those two, three years, everybody who's kind of of that... Um, 2019, uh, I mean, 2009 freshman era, he was jumping, for those few years, he was jumping on all of their yeah. projects and doing features for all of them, yeah. from Drake to Wale, uh, I think he even did some shit with Mac at the time, like, he was just working with all of these art, and that's how he was staying relevant, yeah. and with the younger generation. Big and Crit, I, 2 chains. Yeah. like, he, you know, I think, I think Bun, Bun is one of those, like, those elder statesmen in hip-hop that finds ways to embrace the newcomers, you yeah. know? So I think if Rakim went on a run like that, absolutely, people would love to hear him. If Rakim hopped on a fucking Cambino song, people would be like, oh, shit. I mean, that would sound really interesting, yeah. actually. Because, yeah. And it would fit. <laughs> you yeah. know what's funny? For this album, fit this album, it would fit this album. Oh, That's what geez. I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think if he, if he worked with younger people that came in, because who wouldn't want to work with Rakim? This is this is almost like this album is almost what uh I don't know if you you, you heard uh, Russ's Chomp recently, this is yeah. almost his version of Chomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more scaled back than Chomp. Yes. But yeah, for sure. Yes. Um. Yeah, you're right. Damn. Um. And maybe Glamour. No, sorry. Uh, American Royalty is next. Mm-hmm. I've always had a problem with the placement of this song i've always felt like it should have kicked the album off because the the way that the way it comes on digital mm-hmm. childish can't be like is is very like a big presentation type moment um, turn your, turn, what is it yeah. turn your atoms into antimatter yeah like i mean i don't i'm not the biggest fan of rizza's verse third what if something happened to me Oh, Rizza? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Zigzag, Zigalaw. Okay. You that, said third. Okay, so... He, he will be third. Vin Diesel's number one. Bun is two. Oh, Rizza's two. third. Okay. Cool, cool, Right. Cool. Okay. Um, do you want the sample? Yeah. Uh, for American Royalty, the sample is called War by Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Uh, okay. Yeah, they got a feature credit on it. Yeah. So, that was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah man. Uh, but no, American Royalty's dope. Uh, I like when the beat switches up when Gambino comes in. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, dope. to be oh my god, yeah, he switched up yeah, his he killed, he killed that because I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. Uh, is that the that might be one of the better produced of track? That might be the best produced track on the that switch with that switch and everything. That beat yeah. might be the best. Yeah, on this Gamb- album. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Gambino is like getting his footing, mm-hmm. and it kind of. Also. I mean, it makes sense. You would have that's the RZA. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have RZA, that's the one you have RZA on. Like, mm-hmm. something where you get crazy with production. Because he produced that yeah, uh, he song produced himself. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did that himself. It's crazy, man. He really he really was trying to flex on this album. Of course. On his mixtape. Uh, and maybe Glamour Life is next. That's what features Ghostface. With Ghostface just rapping. With my man like, Pretty it's, Tony. It's only Ghostface. He, yeah. he lets him. He just gives him free reign. It's perfect. Nah, this was... It's beautifully is produced. It's produced by Mike Murda. Um... Fucking beautiful production, and it's like, I lo- I just want I would love if Ghostface did more shit like this, where he kind of just hopped on your album, did like a nice like not even it don't even have to be a sixteen, and just that's it like an interlude on mo on albums. He just has to have voice for that. I I would like for Ghostface Killer to, I wish well no let me say let me start this off right. I hate that I do this. Go. I wish that I had the money 
to come to Ghostface Killer and be like, here is $5 million. I'm going to get a production team that I want to hear you, uh, that makes pro- produced beats that I want to hear you rap on and you go do it. Thanks a lot. It's going to be called the Pretty, it's going to be called the Pretty Tony Album by Torian. <laughs> I have a really weird dream matchup that I want them to do like three, four songs together. Oh, with Ghostface. And it's great. I, I want to hear him and Big Boy do something together. I get that. I mean, that would be cool. Like that Big Boy, cool. Big Boy is extremely slept on. Um, I hate the disrespect that Big Boy gets. Yeah, I I, I immensely hate it. So yeah, uh, any I, any anytime Big Boy gets to get propped up, I'm I'm with it. I feel like their styles, while they're both very um, eccentric, are still very of the essence. Of- I know. I understand it. I understand wholeheartedly what you're saying though, because it's like you know Big Boy, like he's like the you know Daddy Fat Sacks pause mm-hmm. as far as like being like the pimp player, wearing the furs and the minks and everything like that. I mean, a, a perfect a perfect marriage would be Pimp C, Big Boy, and and, and Ghostface doing wow, something together. That would be you know that, that would that would be the perfect a perfect mm-hmm. marriage. But hey, you know dreamers can dream. Damn, rest in peace, Pimp C. Yeah, man. Um. But yeah, that'll take us. That takes us into Toxic, Whew. features Danny Brown. Okay, so nice flip. Nice flip. It is Britney Spears classic. Yeah, Britney Spears. Um, and also the other the the sample that Britney Spears used was by I'm gonna fuck this name up, y'all. Y'all know that's my thing. Trey Man Beach Marin. I never heard of that group before, but or band. But that's where um that's the name of the song before Toxic, and it's by uh. Lada Magensker. Sorry, guys. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to Google it and pronounce it better. (laughs) But uh, I just think that this was a really dope flip that he was able to do. And um, it was like Danny Brown is one of those artists where like I just I just really, really I want to know I want to know the area of the trait that he comes from because I feel like I never want to go to that part. Like I feel like that (laughs) nigga is just different. Danny Brown is so fucking. He's so different, man. I, I wish he went further. He released the album that last was was it was it was a couple year. years ago. He lost his edge. He did lose his edge because he cleaned up a lot. He fixed his yo. Teeth. You fixed he your teeth, Danny. Come on. I mean, he's he supposed to do hair, that. You, you know? want to know? You guys, you guys ever saw the movie uh, Major League Two with Charlie Sheen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Danny Brain, Danny Brain, Danny Brown is the equivalent of um, Wild Thing getting cleaned up. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yo, um, it's a cool haircut he had. Mm-hmm. Nah, Danny Brown is is really underrated. Okay, it was it was in twenty nineteen he had that album. Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought that was uh it was more recent. But yeah, yo, you had he had the freaking theme song to uh, fresh off the boat going. Mm-hmm. Like he's good. Like Damn. he cleaned up. He's good. Whatever, whatever he did, it, it's working for him. Uh, he had a single back in January that came and went. Um, that was produced by Q-Tip. That's right. But wasn't yeah. the last project? Uh... That was his last project. Yeah, the last but project. I'm not sure what else he's up to right that's... now. Yeah, but shit, that's it. That would be. It would be dope to see Danny Brown do something mm-hmm. new. Actually, I think um... he had a good run. This runtime for Danny Brown was very was very special. I think, and it, and it's a runtime. And Danny Brown. Completely as an artist that um, from this time frame, if you're not if you not up on it, you got those like elitist conversations because yeah. you know he came out with his album Old, which was really good. Oh yeah, um, and uh, Thirty. Thirty, that. yeah, the mixtape, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, he he fits the mode of those rappers from that time frame. Um, 
and I really enjoyed what he was putting out. But this song completely, like, it's such a, I don't know if I can, it's a nostalgic thing. I can't listen to this today just on, on like, thinking about it. I'll just put this on. Like, no, there's, there's no way I would just put this on today. Um, If it comes on, I'm not skipping it. There's times it randomly comes on, on sh- a shuffle. Yeah, I I'm not skipping that. it. Fandango, my mandingo, we should do a movie. Like, all right, bro. But it's also, yeah, like, <laughs> you look, look, also to be fair, there's a lot of rappers when you just read their lyrics like that, it sounds crazier. Yeah, it's when like you just read it. Yeah. I, feel, I don't feel like he wrote that down. I feel like he was just yeah. rapping. Which I love even more because a lot of his shit, it's, yo, like one train. Like, I feel like he has one of the most underrated verses on that. Oh, yeah, 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 he does. Um, but. Gambino had the line, um, Midas is your highness and your hurry bow like gummy bears. Yes. That was good. Shout out to Felix. Yeah, Felix used to harp on that fucking yo, line. Once I, he got that the line. The day he got that line, because I didn't even catch that, I just remember him coming in, uh, and I feel like I'm just high as fuck, and he comes in with a pack of gummy bears, and he's like, horrible like gummy bears. I'm like, what? He threw the fuck, he's like, horrible like gummy bears. It's brilliant. And I was like, oh, and it finally clicked. And I was like, but Felix, yo, he harped on that. Yeah, forever. For a minute. Yeah. I feel like he still brings it up. Yeah. Um, Oh, Felix. (laughs) uh, Silk Pillow is what follows that. Got Beck to rap again. Features Beck. It's produced by Beck and Gambino himself. Mm -hmm. I feel like Beck doesn't touch anything unless he produces it too. Um, but how we feel about this? Mm, I just I I listen to it solely for Beck to rap. Okay, it I like I it. enjoy it. Yeah, man, Beck is a legend. Beck, yeah, Beck is one of those people who uh, he'll disappear forever. But you're like, as soon as you see his name, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. okay, let let's check this out. Um, and then that takes us into they don't like me. Which features Chance the Rapper. It's produced by Skywalker. We know what Chance and Gambino was supposed to do in this time frame, right? And then we kind of felt like we were getting closer to it when... Because the internet came out because they had the worst guys. Yeah. Which, um, if I'm not mistaken, Chance didn't rap on. All he did was to... All she needed was some... Oh, she the whole song. <laughs> he didn't rap on that. Yeah, he didn't have a verse on that. He just did. He just did that part. Yeah, you're right. I think you're right. And then, um, yeah. So they were supposed to. It was like the biggest Roscoe's collab. wetsuit. Yeah, Roscoe's wetsuit. Um, you know, Which and it, Roscoe's wetsuit is one of those things. When you try to explain to somebody that's not on the internet, you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> There's no way to explain that. You just have to be there. Yeah, we got to do a list of projects of joint projects that uh, never came out that were old, from like YOLO to like. Oh, Drake alone has like yeah. You you put a list together of the Drake yeah. alone, but uh, yeah, we he had a project with Gucci that was supposed to come out. He had a project with Wayne, um, Young Angel, Young Lion, or whatever. Yeah, Young Angel and Young Lion. He had Yolo. He had an R and B album he was supposed to drop. Yeah, Aaliyah album executive produced by Drake. He had mad shit. Wu Tang Forever remix with Wu Tang. That's off the dome. Yeah, but um, oh, no, no, you're talking songs. I'm talking about whole projects. Yeah, I just started naming shit yeah. that he was supposed to drop. But uh, but yeah, so they don't like they don't like me was pretty good. 
Um, this is when everyone really still liked Chance and believed in him. This is uh, after Acid Rap Chance, right? Mm -hmm. Or before Acid yes, Rap? Yes, this Wasn't is... Acid Rap like 2010, 2009? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then what follows this is Arrangement. Arrangement features Ganage. Ganage. Ganage? Okay. Ganage. Gonage. This is what we'll see. How we feel? Um, I'm having trouble remembering the beat, actually, right now. Probably a little snippet for you. All right. It's royalty. It's royalty. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. This, yes. He went off on this. That shit Yo, was hard. He went off, and yeah, that first line, I got your bitch laying naked in the bed, no rosaries. Stacking up this bread like a baker, Josephine. That 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 opening was hard. <laughs> I've never heard another thing from that, that guy again, though. Gonich. Yeah. I think that's the first and last time I've ever seen his name. Yeah, nah, this beat this beat was so hard to me. Yeah, nah, that beat. Oh. Gambino, man, he was in such a zone, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear this Gambino again, man. Yeah, I think man, that's I the, really... We're all, I've been wanting to hear this Gambino again since 2012. And we're never going to get it again. Because I know he only got better as a rapper from here. Yeah. He got better musically from yeah. here. Well, yeah, of course. But, you know, that's how we got the age-old who's more talented, Jamie Foxx or Gambino thing. Oh, I got something and, for that. But so, so you don't think that his Gangsta Girls mixtape was his best rapping? Um, yeah. Okay. He said he said, it, he said that yeah, yeah, uh, his Mountain. rapping got better after this. Yeah. Okay. Stone no, Mountain. no, because because you know what? Because I heard you say you want him to rap like this again. I, I've been wanting him to rap. Well, I guess in this pocket, I guess I'll say since twenty fourteen. I th I thought it was more produ production wise. You had said that that you wanted him. To no, I want him to rap. rap I just want him to rap again. Yeah, yeah. In general, so like, even if it whether it's Stone Mountain or royalty, I know on both ends, it whatever we get, he's better as a rapper now. We he just doesn't do that anymore like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but arrangement is followed by won't won't stop, which features Danielle Haim, Haim, Haim or Haim, Haim. Yeah. How we feel? You guys remember that one? What happened to her? Oh, yeah. yeah. What happened to her, man? Haim was everywhere at one point. Remember? Winning all the yeah, awards and shit. Is this the same person? Yeah, it's the same person. Okay. She didn't really use her first name before, am I right? No, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, in this, uh, like, a band or some shit like that. Yeah, they yeah, call yeah. Haim. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what happened to her. She was like, yeah, they like, I think it's like a band with, like her sisters or some shit. So that's why I'm like, what happened? Let's see. Let's see. Um... Yeah. She got diabetes. Is that her? Is there a fourth name, sister? See? Cut glorious figures. Okay, they're giving me fucking hate Google. Yeah, but see, they were a band. <laughs> yeah, 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 they were a band. They were everywhere. They made their money, and then they hit that eject button. Eject Ocito cuz? Yeah, man. That's how you're supposed to do it. Get in and get out. Word. But, uh, but yeah, no, this was a good song, too. This is, up, this is another one that's up there with... What you were saying, that kind of digs deep. It's a more personal song. Mm -hmm. 
I think I I think that's where he when he he goes deep is probably his uh his best stuff. Pause. Mm-hmm. When he goes deep, oh, yeah, wow. Danny, it's all good, God Danny. Damn. Jesus, that Christ. was crazy. Danny I don't blacked. even want to talk anymore. <laughs> um. Well, so with so with won't stop, won't stop. Digs a little deeper in the content because you know he's talking about. Uh, you know his regrets of leaving Atlanta because Son. you know in this time frame. He doesn't really talk about Atlanta like that or growing up in Atlanta. Yeah. He didn't yeah. really harp on that till like it's a that little Stone later. Mountain, he didn't, he, yeah. County. He didn't, but that's what that's what I think is dope about the song is that like if you if you ever lived in Atlanta and like all the places that he's naming and stuff like that, like he's giving you like a detailed understanding of like traveling and like letting you know that he's from there. Mm-hmm. Just because he doesn't talk like Lil Baby and Gucci Mane, like he's from there and he can get into that dialect, but he just doesn't choose to. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. A lot of people don't notice. Not like there's some rappers or, or like people from Atlanta who can't code switch. Mm-hmm. But most people from Atlanta can code switch. It's no different than the person from London. <laughs> like yeah. they can talk like a like all they words sound like one word, and then they can talk like really proper. Just that a lot of dudes from Atlanta just choose not to because they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But coach switching in Atlanta is uh, is a thing. All the time. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, Atlanta is one of those places that I would love to visit more. I just had I've been maybe like three times, and it's always Man. quick trips. Oh no, Atlanta is one of my favorite places in life. Mom would love for all of us to come down to Atlanta. Oh, I would I love to go visit so Victoria down. That, I, oh, yeah. I know it would be a good time over there. I just um, the night we go out, I don't want her to see me come back that drunk. She'll be asleep. She won't sleep. Oh, let's go. Is there yo, is that strip club out there? Uh Strokers? Is it still out there? Is Strokers still there? Uh I believe so, but like It was a long time ago, but Yeah, it was a yeah. More of a quality one. I get it. But it was a long time ago. Wait, I went to a strip club. You looking for a girl or something? Well, I'm just looking for for a good time girl? at a strip club. No, I'm saying you looking but, for a particular girl. Oh particular no, girl? yeah, there was this one girl that wore silver. She wore silver, and it was five dollars for a lap dance back then. That's how long ago this was. Yeah, five dollars, and she yeah. fucking showed me like it. Like the way she danced on me was like I gave her. I've been to some hole in the wall illegal ass strip clubs in Atlanta as well as like the bigger places and it's just always no matter where you go there's it's just different yeah man like that was a good fucking time I just remember I remember that because specifically can't believe it had just came out by T-Pain and the way she danced on me for five <laughs> fucking dollars my nigga it's like, how much is it then? She said $5. Yeah, it ain't, said, five, it, ain't five, it ain't $5 no more. Strokers, I know. Right? This was, this was more than <laughs> I just want you. Ago. I just need you to know that. This was more than 10 years ago. But, yeah. I mean. 20, Black Dance is now $20 better. I mean, that's, that's still I was going to say, bad. even that's pretty good. That's because there's spots good. where yeah, Black Dance yeah. are 40 I just felt Starting crazy out. taking out a $5 bill in my hand. I mean, I gave her more, but it was like, this and do it. This nigga Reg was like, let me go to the chain machine. Pay this bill in quarters. Matter of fact, I have two. I have, yeah, here you go. Man, the way she danced on me for that ten dollar bill, that nah, was crazy. But the, the way, um, hold on. There was a, a line <laughs> in the the yeah. There's a line in this song that I fucking love. The airport atheists only play when only pray when there's turbulence. Oh, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ass fat, her fault. Uh, no wait, tight dress, her ass fault. Get face like bath salts. Airport atheists only play when there's turbulence. 
I don't remember what part of the, the song the that was. He was. It was the end of the first verse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then that takes us into Bronchitis. Bronchitis is also produced by Beck. Yeah. I feel like Beck was in the studio like, yo. Yeah. Let's just like, get it done. Give me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, give me another one. Bronchitis. Uh, what is this? The sample is Armageddon by the Planet P project, mm-hmm. as well as a, um, from the same from the same band. Um, the song is called Top of the World. Those are the two samples that are in that song. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. But how we feel about this song? Or at this point in the album? At this point in the say. album, um, I'm kind of happy we got another solo song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the only thing is that I wanted him to flex more solo. Mm-hmm. Um, songs uh where it's just him going off or him doing the singing and rapping Mm -hmm. but i understand as i said at the time why he started avoiding i think doing singing and rapping on the same songs together himself yeah it's given andre 3000 with the with this the rhyme screen that he's using Uh, you could tell that the way the on this project and and projects before he 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 knew how to rap but he was rapping by like mimicking artists that he fucked with Mm -hmm. And then, like, he would take certain cadences and make it his own. But if you listen to this song, if you listen to Bronchitis, like, you could absolutely tell it's very influenced by Andre 3000. You can tell he was a huge fan of Wayne, too. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. earlier on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely tell he was listening to the prefix yeah. and the suffix, listening to Squad Up Wayne. The drought. Yeah, and the I drought. Think, and that was very large, like, a big thing in Atlanta at that time. I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of, like, the nerd nerdy I, I, I hate saying nerdcore but I kind of feel like it is what Gambino fit into for a period of time mm-hmm. I feel like that whole generation for that time period like the uh, Das Racist um, Gambino uh, the dudes of that time because even Chance for a little bit was considered a nerdier rapper mm-hmm. on his first project it, um, I feel like they're definitely heavier well because I mean it's a part of him way. that it's definitely a part of him that Gambino embraced because he was such a huge part of a uh, College humor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You remember Derek Comedy? Mm-hmm. Derek Comedy was really big. That's that's how... I only found out that Childish Gambino and Donald Glover was the same person because I had to do a write-up for this um, for this uh, this company that I, that I did an internship for. And they were like, oh, we need you to... You know, I was the only black kid in the office. So they were like, oh, we need you to do a write-up about this new kid. His name is Childish Gambino. Or, yeah, right? And I was like okay or whatever so like i looked and um i had heard about gambino because i i did i think i heard uh freaks and geeks like not long before that mm-hmm. and they were like oh we need you to do he's blowing up right now he's in gq blah 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 so i look, look at gq and i'm like oh that's Derek comedy that's like how i knew him yeah and then i was like oh shit this is gambino so like from there it kind of i was just a fan i uh i re- i thought it's funny because i thought um Whoever Gambino was hired the dude from Freaks from from. What was it? <sighs> community from hired oh, the dude yeah, from yeah, Community yeah. just to do his video for him. Oh, like I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. The song is Freaks and Geeks, yeah, and then he yeah. has him do it. And I was like, wait, no, that's his voice. Like mm-hmm. I realized, like watching the video, I'm like, wait, like my second, third time seeing, him, I'm like, no, nah, that's his actual voice. That's him. and like then it connected. I was like, yeah. oh shit, okay. Y'all want to hear my uh, Donald Glover story? I've told y'all the story, man, Tom's. So, but I don't think the listeners know my Donald Glover story. Didn't know. We don't want to hear it. Was it the because the internet story? Because I remember you went to um, Washington Square Park. No, not that one. Mm. So 
Oh, maybe I haven't. So I used to be Tracy Morgan standing on 30 Rock. Okay. So when I was Tracy Morgan standing on 30 Rock, and for you, those of you who don't know what a standing is, it's the person that before the actor comes out to do their scene, you stand in front of the camera, you might go over the lines with the other actors, and they, they just get the, the lighting. Um, I'm a black man, Tracy Morgan's a black man, so so when they have to get the lighting right for Tracy, I would go out there before him, and then when it was he, it was officially time for him to do the scene, Tracy would be there. So, um, you know, I was there a lot. Um, Tracy's Tracy's cool for another cousin of mine, <laughs> uh, and so like he like let me come back and like chill like in his in his dressing room. So I got to be around the actors and stuff. So during lunch, um, I met Donald Glover, but obviously he wasn't Donald Glover at the time, and um, he let me listen to like one of his like some of his music before like any of the stuff that like we've heard now that we like. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And I was like, "Oh, good." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, and like he he knew to like come to me because he was like, "Oh, this dude definitely looks like he likes hip hop." And I'm pretty <laughs> sure like he's told the story about yeah, this dickhead <laughs> sat there and looked at me like, "Yo, you better stick to fucking writing for this show." But yeah, like I like I always think back to that like, damn, I wonder does he even remember me? But like it was very like interesting you because yeah, and just it just went. Yeah. But I didn't tell him that the music sucked. But like he could visibly tell like I wasn't like uh, Into it. yeah. Damn, Gambino. Gambino yeah, is a nasty one. Um. All right. So wonderful. Wonderful is. This is Josh Osho. It's produced by Matthew Burnett. Jordan Evans and Boy Wonder. Not a fan of this song. It sounds like a Drake song. It sounds like something that Boy okay, Wonder yeah. had for Drake and like yes. it, Drake didn't take it and then Bino took it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Yeah, it's that reflective. Yeah, I you wasn't don't hear cool you, know, you don't hear the beginning of that shit. Drake's underwaterness. That's almost. um that's nine AM and Dallas. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right? Look at look at Reg. Look at Reg. Wow. Look at yeah. the ill on this boy right here, y'all. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, that's my name. Get to it. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, we finally made it. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's cheesy. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's it, it, it's yeah. Grew up coolest kid in the neighborhood. You know, blah blah blah. It's it's okay. And it's only a verse. Yeah. It's and, like a, um, a 32. And then that takes us into Make It Go Right. Make It Go Right is Kilo Kish. It's produced by Gambino. That shit is great. You I, fuck with this one? Yeah. Yeah, I like Kilo Kish. And, and uh, I, li- I like the, this uh, song a lot. Like, I feel... And also, it kind of picks up for where the that uh, last track kind of just loses you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talking about, oh, the last track that we listened to. Oh, yeah. he's... Well, okay. should have known. We all should have known that, right? Nah, we all oh. make it go right. Make it go right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What you have for that one? I don't like it. Um. All right. Let me let me expound. So I, I think it's cool. He does the whole LL Cool J thing. Um, Shorty, that's on at the beginning. I just don't care for it. I'll make it make it go right. Isn't that the one with the with the the LL Cool J where he where he basically says like the I need love? Yeah, Kilo Cash oh, yeah, starts yeah, it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when when he comes on, he does the I need love verse. Yeah. I didn't need Kilo Cash. 
Oh yeah, but you like the kilo, I like Kilo Cash on Kilo, kilo yeah. Kish. Kilo Kish, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, no, I don't really care for it. And at the same time, by this point in the tape, I'm like, all right, where are we going? Yeah, it seemed like he was just like it seemed like he had a lot of songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the last two songs, that's what I was gonna say. Here it does feel like it's a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. He could have removed this song and the last song and just the Tina Fey. You know, I love it. That next I love it. Like that was the most. I feel like that's the most important part of this whole album. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Honestly, I Yo, think so you, too. You know because because oh. him having well, we'll get into it officially now. Mm-hmm. Um, real estate, real estate closes this thing out. It features Tina Fey, mm-hmm. Swank, and Alley Boy. Right. Shout out to um Swank as well. Swank is all his, one of his the other people that's yeah. a part of royalty. Yeah. Um. It's cool. Like uh, I, I, I kind of felt like it should. Like this also could have been a song that could have opened out. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like it as a closer. Yeah, it's you need that. I feel like like because of the way, uh, especially how Tina ends her verse, mm-hmm. is like you kind of needed that. To well, end. no, no. Okay, let me take that back. Up until the point where Tina, like, where like because it's like when they start doing that, like yeah, like you know it's the outro. But I'm just saying, yeah. like the way the song begins. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they probably could have used it. But obviously, it made sense because, like, they're doing the shout-outs. They're talking the shit at the end of the song. Like, they're doing their victory lap. Mm-hmm. And then Tina comes on, and she makes the whole statement that this is where somebody says the N-word, but I'm, I'm not, not going to do that because I'm not comfortable. Well, she, said, she had the, the, we're spending thousands in Nordstrom's. Yeah. Yes. That's racks on racks, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That's racks on racks. Damn it. You feel me? Yo, that yo, that outro is so fucking good, and and I think the reason why and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Danny. I think from you saying that it's the most important thing on the album is because like it's kind of a marriage between both sides of his life, mm-hmm. where um where you see him breaking out of him trying to break out of that NBC money and that you know all of that shit, but still at the same time embracing it and having you know being cognizant to the fact that it's a huge part of why he's at where he is. Mm-hmm. So him embracing that, even though he's trying to move away from it, I thought was great. It also seems like, yo, real estate, the title, and what mm-hmm. the song about and ownership and yeah, how the chorus yeah. is even, yo, I brought the PJ for the crew. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and the whole theme of this has been the crew of royalty and him setting up his team financially. I feel like the whole thing overall has been like, this album to me is like the plan for how everybody in his team is going to be state right. a set and real estate is like the final like we own this we yeah. own this space now mm-hmm. yeah so i kind of feel like real estate like but with that and and then how she comes off it's the person who put him on basically mm-hmm. yeah. you know he's not only paying homage to her but he's kind of uh also at this point you know i'm my own person too right it's kind of a duality like you said it's yeah. it's both sides of his life it's like it's almost of a this is where we're at now. Yeah. Like I've elevated it to this point. Mm-hmm. You say homage. Homage. I say homage. <laughs> homage. Oh, okay. Well, you say I, I want <laughs> caramel. Caramel. Okay. Oh boy. I want to like restate this because what I said earlier at, at the beginning of the episode. He mirrors a lot of what LeBron does, business wise, and with his people. And people don't like realize this because like Gambino was recently on the shop, mm-hmm. and like their people work all together. Like, you know, like, when there's a part where Maverick Carter, like, points out that, like, on one of, like, Gambino's um, video shoots that there was an argument about the Beatles and Biggie and who was more influential. Like, Maverick Carter was there because, like, they all work together Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So, like, that's another, like, relationship that you wouldn't think 
is real, right? LeBron and Childish Gambino, but like they're very much like together in this and doing it. And I just think that what Childish Gambino is doing is so dope because it's like he doesn't have to like plaster everywhere. Like, yo, I'm working with this. I'm working with some of your favorite people. Even if you don't like accept me or think that I'm corny, like they fuck with my business mind, they fuck with my creative thoughts, and I fuck with theirs, and I'm helping, and we're all helping each other. And I just think that's dope. Yeah, he's worked himself into a position where he doesn't need this nigga single handedly made anything. Bad and Bougie the number one song in the country. Yeah, Bro. he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to update people on his life. He doesn't need social media. People take it as a treat that he tweets sometimes. He's, he's one of those artists. That it doesn't matter the time he disappears, the amount of time he can come, do what he wants, drop what he wants, and not worry about it because it's going to sell out. Bro, he made Redbone. That song was like the song of the year and Bro. didn't give us a video for it. That, that, there is a video. It's just the face. That's it. It's the, the album. That's the video. That's the official video, I believe. Too. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, he's, look at what he did with Atlanta. It took off two years. Like, oh, okay, we're ju- we're just gonna. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to do it right and now. And then film three, season three and four back to back. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know what? I think we're done after this. Yeah, yeah. And then they're closing it out. That's yeah. it's brilliant, man. Brilliant TV. Uh, it's just great that we um, were able to like revisit this and just see his somewhat humble beginnings and see where he's at now. It's crazy. Like, this is the same guy that made Redbone. When you listen to this and then listen to Redbone, it's like. Bro. Two completely different artists. Yo, man, he was out of here ever since he did um, his rendition of "To Me Is I'm So Into You." After yeah, that, like man, it was. Yeah, it, there's no remnants of of the guy that made Redbone in this album. No, no, at all. Um, but shit, even his 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 uh, even his Stone Mountain freestyle that he mm-hmm. did on um, Funk Flex, the Five Fingers of Death, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like even that. that no, nah, that was on Sway, bro. Sway. That was on Sway. Five, five Fingers of Death, yeah. Okay. Five Fingers of Death, Sway thing. If he did, I would love to see. Master Flex's reactions to Childish Gambino freestyling, though. Mm-hmm. I would pay to see that. Yeah. She did rap on uh, Rosenberg. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that one, like, the shit he's ta- that he's talking to you, too, and, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, having a conversation mid-freestyle. Yeah. Driving. Oh, the pound mm-hmm. cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. And yeah. Like, that, that's a different Gambino than we have here because even, like, the level of his thinking and explanation and how much his mind grew and shifted from the type of, even the type of interviews he's giving. You yeah. Know? Or, like, when you see him now, the the recent thing where he's, like, he's not downplaying NFTs. He's just saying, I don't know anything about NFTs. They hit right. South by Southwest. You know what's funny about Childish the, Gambino, uh Not Childish Gambino. Tyler Creator said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They keep asking, and we can wrap this up, but they keep asking the all these people that I guess the world would assume would know more about NFTs. And all of them are like, I don't know. Like, I guess you would assume from the outside looking in that Kanye would know about NFTs or that Tyler would know about NFTs, or even Gambino would know about NFTs. And they've asked all of them, and they're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, you want to know why I, they don't know? Honest, I think they do know. I just think they're. I think that it's so unsure, the scape of it, when it comes to music and art specifically, uh, especially in the lane that they would do it in, that they're not saying anything because the infrastructure is... It's just that there's a lot more to come with it, and I think it's safer for them to hold off on giving points of views until it's worked out what it's actually going to mean for music and their kind of work. Well, in my personal opinion, I think that they don't know about NFTs, but their financial advisors know about NFTs. And they don't, those three people that Reg just mentioned don't strike me as people that would like be like very hands-on with it. 
Now, I'll tell you some people who I would think that will be like hands-on NFTs, and that will be someone like Kevin Durant or Nas, because uh, though like they're like into investing and like partnering up and like doing a lot of things like that. Um, and and there's some other artists I can think of, but like off off bat, right? I think that Nas knows about NFTs because he's into to crypto and all of those things, Future, right? Future, I would say, because he's in the same uh, okay. investment group as okay. Nas. Okay, um, but I know yeah. Fat Joe's big in it. Okay, too. but yeah, like you know, I just think like there's like a difference. Like you gotta think somebody like Tyler, um, like Kanye, Gambino, like they're like creatives and they need like they need it physically. They need to like if like it to be like they're more like physical. So I just don't. I understand why they wouldn't know or like why they would say that because like 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 Tyler said he was like I like to drive cars like can, like can I. Like, if someone gives me an NFT car, I can't drive that shit. He said, I literally bought a car, drove to San Francisco, and drove it back, and I rode mm-hmm. by myself. So, when he said that, I got what he meant, and, like, that's kind of how I look at it. But I'm pretty sure in a couple of years, a lot of it's just, like, with, with people with uh with, with all of this currency, new currency, you're going to be like, damn, if I would have invested $10 here, I would have X, Y, Z, and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that shit. Yeah, fear of the unknown right now. But, you know, we'll learn more as we go. But uh, but to to get to the rating of this album, how do you feel? Um, I want to give it a four stars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what's your reason? Because there are moments in it that I'm. I feel like it's borderline a classic. Okay. Um, I feel like, especially for us, this is when we started uh, re- our friendship. Like, really started growing. Mm-hmm. around this time so it's one of those albums that i feel like helped to do that so mm-hmm. so it holds a special place with me mm-hmm. like this is when we started basically going out for wings mm-hmm. or i started joining you guys rather for wings because you've mm-hmm. already been doing it um and i kind of i i know it's a lot of bias because it's my favorite gambino pro- overall project um but uh there are a couple flaws in it there are a couple uh, lower points in it, mm-hmm. but um, it's still overall a great product. So I'm going with four. How about you? I give it a three out of five because um, we have Stone Mountain, and then yeah. we have Awaken My Love, right? Mm-hmm. So I have the way I look at it. Like I always like you know, I try not to like rank against like the other projects or like the time being, but like on this on this project, like he's not even star of the project. Like his features are. So that's like what the standout is. Like the standouts to me are his features. It's just that like he showed that he can hang mm-hmm. with those people. So when I listen to it, I'm just like, all right, I can give it an average, you know. So it's a C. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's it, like it's a good project, and I live with this project just as much as Reg said that he did. Like it was a daily thing. Like I love Childish Gambino, and then he just gave me better projects. So that's that's all I have to say about it. Like it's not it's not a slight to the project. Yeah. It's just that. He got better, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like I think "Awaken My Love" might be the, his best product. No, not "Awaken My Love." Be uh, Stone Mountain. Not Stone Mountain. Is it because of the internet? No, I think it's well because the internet came out after this. Some people would say, like some people love. I think it might be "Awaken My Love." "Awaken My Love." Okay, Felix hates because of the internet. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, but uh, but for me, I think I'm comfortable giving this a three out of five. I think it is. There are some flaws on here, and revisiting it wasn't the it's very top heavy very top heavy there's a lot of a lot of the best products on this album are from i want to say like one through ten you get some of the best stuff this Mm -hmm. album has to offer Mm -hmm. um after that it kind of trails and then you know it picks back up like maybe 
two, three songs before it ends. Um, which is, you know, which is cool for an 18-track mixtape. That's still impressive, yeah. right? But um, to see the kind of artist that Gambino has become and knowing that this wasn't even at the, you know, at the, you know, I don't even know where to rank this out off of where, where he became as an artist. And I guess it's not fair to rank that, you know, when I compare it to this album. Mm -hmm. But just taking this music for what it is, I'm comfortable giving it a three out of five. Cause like as a rapper, he only got better with Stone Mountain, mm -hmm. and then I and I and I guess he kind of left us hanging. That's the part that I'm not okay with, because he left us hanging because he was getting better. Yeah, you know. I think I think but that's then we the got feeling. Yeah. yeah, because we got a little bit more of that. Cause I think the last time that we heard him like really rap was on um, uh, I am greater than I was, uh, uh, Twenty One Savage album. Cause he popped up on that. Yeah. Project. Well, he put out a project last year. Remember that that secret project? Yeah. March fifteenth, twenty twenty. Right, right. But he didn't rap on that. That was like a very like creative. It was kind of all over the place. That shit was a legit secret project. I forgot yeah. about that, and I never listened to it. Yeah. Great fucking album. It's oh good. my god. It's, it's good. good. It's pretty good. Um, but it's not a rap album, and, and I think he's kind of off that because he's proven himself in that way. And I think in a lot of ways, sorry, Danny, I'm cover your ears. I'm gonna mention Kanye, but I think in a lot of ways, he has married his career to Kanye, where like he is. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say I, it earlier. Nah, I watched the I watched the interview. Yeah, so on like Breakfast he, Club, that was you talking about when he said he's the son of Kanye. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so and I wasn't even thinking about that. So good point. But I think in a lot of ways he has, only in a sense that like, you know, we've seen how Kanye is when. You know his back is against the wall or someone doesn't think he can excel in something yeah. and we've seen how gambino is where even on like you mentioned on the shop where he's like yo people thought i couldn't make a hit not only did i make a hit i ain't make a video to that shit. i just made it and i backed away you know so like he takes pride in shit like that and i think with royalty it's along the same lines of how kanye was trying to prove himself with college dropout or like you know in fashion his way Huh? Or in fashion. Or in fashion. Or in anything that Kanye kind of mm -hmm. dives straight into. So um, it's kind of interesting because I want to see where Gambino continues to go. He's proven himself in TV. He's proven himself in movies. Let's see what he does next. I mean, this was only the surface. But I'm comfortable giving this a three out of five. Um, it's, a, it's a nice nostalgic piece for the same reason that you said. Like, this was a good year for us. Um, but I'm good with that. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Tori and B. We out of here. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.